everybody. Welcome to Natter, the Zillennial podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Parent, and I am here with Hazel Kavita. Welcome, Hazel. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. It's, I'm really excited. <laughs> so for anybody who has not listened to the preview episode or hasn't checked out any other episodes before, this is the uh, podcast where young Zillennial people talk about the passions that drive them, the things that motivate them to get through this crazy world and what makes this world interesting. So what are we talking about today, Hazel? Um. Well, today, uh, I guess... I kind of want to talk a little bit about um, my journey, you know, being uh, born from, you know, I'm the first generation Filipino Canadian in my family. Um, you know, we've, there's lots of things that I've kind of discovered throughout, you know, jumping around here and there across who knows where. And so, I don't know, that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Sounds good. Especially for, um, people of our demographic going to school or getting new jobs and moving around. It's not only useful, but it makes people feel less alone to know other people are doing these crazy jumps and things around too. So let's start from the beginning. Where were you born? What was the first move you remember? Mm -hmm. So I was born in Manila, Philippines. So all the way across, <laughs> you know, the Pacific Ocean. Um, and I lived there actually for only about six months. So I you know, I was just a baby when I moved away. And basically, my mom and myself and her side of the family all moved to Chicago in um, in America. And that's where I, I kind of grew up and started, you know, living and existing just, just yeah, down in Chicago, all of my, you know, closest cousins live down there. And, um, and yeah, that's where everything kind of started. <laughs> that's why I like to say people like actually became people. When you're a baby, you're just kind of like a little mush ball. But then yeah. like, you actually get a brain and you're like, oh, I'm a human now. So yeah, exactly. I did not know that. So you lived in Chicago. Yeah, I did. I lived there for about eight, eight and a half years. And um, I guess I would say that, um, yeah, it's it's kind of been a weird, like, trying to say like, oh, I'm from here or I'm from there. because technically. I am from the Philippines, but because I didn't grow up there or I'm really bad at speaking the language and all of that, it's it's kind of hard for me to say, yes, I am, you know, from the Philippines, even though I grew up and I was born there and I grew up in North America. Yeah. And your whole family's from there, too, then, or at least your immediate family. Mm -hmm, How yes. was so, that move for them? Um, From what I've heard from a few stories it's it's definitely like you know lots of sacrifices had to be made you know um professional like jobs that my sorry um like my mom's job she had to kind of you know uproot and change a little bit so she used to be a doctor you know in the oh, philippines wow. and then coming to america she kind of had to you know go to school again to get her license and and everything like that had to change. So I, as a young child, kind of, you know, just like hanging out and like, this is my life. <laughs> Looking back now, it, I definitely see, you know, and appreciate all of the, all of the sacrifices that were made for, you know, myself and, and our whole family. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you were there for about eight years, you said, and did you move around in the city or was it like from city to different cities? 
Um, so basically, when I say Chicago, it's more like, um, it's kind of like saying St. Albert to Edmonton. Ah, okay. <laughs> so kind of, we kind of lived on this like suburb, like kind of this like neighborhood outside of Chicago, but it was it was super close. We were like almost there every weekend. And um, when we first moved there, we actually lived in um, my aunt's basement with my uncle and my grandmother, my Lola. And yeah, the four of us stayed downstairs in the basement and we kind of lived there for a while. And then we moved to an apartment and we lived there for a little while. And then we finally, my mom bought her first house um, in in Burbank, which is where, yeah, that's where we mostly lived. So, yeah, we kind of moved around a little bit there. And, yeah, again, as a kid, you're just kind of like, woo, like, this is exciting. Like, wow, I get a new, like, room and, and all <laughs> of that. And, yeah, so that's, that's basically it. And I guess I forgot to mention it was... Yeah, just my mom and I from our family that moved. So my dad was in the Philippines for this whole time. At this point, our internet connection crashed, but Hazel was able, luckily, to finish that last thought. So as soon as we were back up online, interview continued, all good. All right, so you were in all sorts of different houses and basements and new rooms and all that. Uh, Were you moving schools at the same time? Um, let me think. No, I, it's hard to remember now that I'm like, thinking how about old it. are we? We're like early twenties. <laughs> We're so old. I oh my god, it's so <laughs> long ago. No, yeah, I think I think most of the moving happened before kindergarten because I did go to one elementary school, and um, yeah, I, I remember my my Lola, which is yeah, grandma in Filipino. We would walk, you know, all the way to school, and we would have those little umbrella hats, like the I don't know. They're like the mini umbrellas. That's adorable. (laughs) And yeah, I remember, yeah, walking to school with her. And yeah, she was the one who mostly took care of me because my my uncle who lived with us had a full-time job and my mom was, you know, working a full-time job plus going to school. So that's, yeah, I just, yeah, lots, most of my memories in Chicago were, yeah, with my Lola and my cousins, but I got to hang out with most of the time. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So your family was really supportive throughout, like, at least that period. It was a really good time for you. Oh, yeah. I remember it, like, super fondly. And, um, you know, like, we have tons of, like, foot- footage and, and videos that we watch. Like, I don't know. I watch them regularly because <laughs> it's, <laughs> just, it's just, like, a happy time for me back in back then so yeah yeah it's nice to th- look back and think about it <laughs> oh and when did things kind of start to change was it the next move that you guys went on yeah definitely so in halfway through the third grade um in so I guess I was about eight at the time my mom told me hey we're moving to Canada to with your Whoa. dad and I was like excuse me and like yeah now Again, thinking back, it was way, it was super, like, shocking and a huge change of pace because from living in, like, a city, in, like, an urban area, going to a little hamlet that we lived in that was two hours north of Winnipeg. 
Oh my goodness. It was like, oh, it was like whiplash that I had. So not only did you go from Chicago urban area, you went to one of the coldest places in the prairies. Yeah, exactly. And I remember thinking that I was like going to live on a farm and I would have like (laughs) farm pets and stuff. And, um, and yeah, (laughs) it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it was a huge change for me because like, when I was younger, it was kind of the the boom of AOL and like online chatting and stuff like Yahoo mail and stuff. And I would every once in a while, my mom and I would video chat with my dad. And back then it was I kind like he was like someone that I didn't know all that well. He was just kind of like, hey, (laughs) that's the guy that I know. (laughs) This guy's important, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I was like, (laughs) I guess I should. I guess he's here. Okay. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I've only seen him in pictures and like, you know, blurry video chats. So he was kind of an enigma that I had as a kid was kind of like, he's there and I'm here and that's cool. But then when we moved, it was like, oh, he's here and I'm here. What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) How is, how are, how is this relationship going to, you know, blossom and grow and grow? I don't even know who this person is, but yeah, Yeah. that was kind of, (laughs) it was like a lot of, a lot of change really fast. And I think kind of, yeah, changed, changed a lot of, a lot of my life. (laughs) And friendships too, I imagine, because you said you were eight when you moved. Yeah, yeah, I was eight years old. And I remember, I probably still have it somewhere, because I brought it with me. But I had a little address book that my friends gave me where we would all write our their addresses and like their emails. (laughs) And I used to email them a lot. But obviously, I don't keep in touch with them as often. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that was that was yeah, the the dawn of the address books. (laughs) (laughs) And the online address books, too. Oh, yeah, exactly. So did moving, like, obviously moving's hard for everybody, especially moving countries. You've done it twice, even though you only remember one so far. <laughs> uh, like, who knows what you're going to do in your future? Yeah. But, <laughs> did the Filipino culture that your family brought over, did that help a lot with the moves, make you feel more secure? Yeah, I think that back then I was, you know, yeah, around a lot of other Filipino people around, like all my cousins, all my mom's friends all the people that we would like, you know, go to church and we would have like our family would have Bible studies every week. And it was like all Filipino people. And it was, yeah, a really nice, you know, environment to grow up with. And then moving to like (laughs) a little Ukrainian hamlet, I was like, who am I? And it was, I think that was probably one of the first times that I felt, you know, different from, Mm -hmm. you know, my peers that are around me. Cause there was only like, 16 kids in our class which was half of what I would have before and I was like well this is great but then I yeah. realized oh I'm like the only person of color here <laughs> that must have been really awkward all of a sudden being in a tiny place as one of the people the the new kid who's also different from everybody oh yeah definitely and <laughs> it was it was like okay like I I mean I think I managed <laughs> my yeah. way through it but yeah, I think even at eight years old, I was like, oh, I'm different. Oh, 
Yeah. But, you know, my I mean, my family was obviously, obviously with me, like my, my dad and my mom. And I think we tried to, you know, kind of keep, you know, the culture going. Like mm-hmm. my parents still speak to me in Tagalog and I still understand them, but it was definitely, yeah, I was pulled out of my element pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find that was um, maybe the beginning of mental health? becoming like coming to your awareness oh yeah definitely I think I felt a lot of kind of isolation back then mm-hmm. a lot of you know soul searching and that's not something you should really do as an eight-year-old yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and so I mean I yeah when like when we first moved there or when my dad was there he kind of befriended this older Ukrainian woman who kind of took care of my dad and took oh. care of my family. She was very cute. She gave me yeah. my first puppy and it was great. Oh, she's and the I, best. Yeah. And Show I think, her. yeah, her name is uh, Lily. So <laughs> hey, hey, Lily. Lily. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was, she was very sweet. And I think she took a lot of care in, in me and, and, um, you know, I, she introduced me to her grandchildren and that helped me a lot to not feel so, you know, isolated and everything and I and I think I spent yeah a lot of time alone (laughs) a lot of a lot of just like introspectiveness like okay I'm here Uh. (laughs) and yeah I think when I when I um kind of try to find the root of what a what mental health ailments I have I have now it kind of all stems to there Mm -hmm. I think that's the root of it all so yeah, I think that's definitely where it started. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> At least I can say, yep, that's that. It's your fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's right in this moment in time. Yeah, exactly. And I can imagine that it would be difficult moving from the American culture to Canadian as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just yeah. the different populations, but just the different countries. Yeah, and I think I can because I went from like two extremes, it was very easy to make a comparison. And, and yeah, like I, I'd never heard of of the Ukrainian culture. I mean, <laughs> which is, which is really funny because everyone there was like Ukrainian and yeah. like we would go to like, like dance it, like the dances they would have of all their traditional clothing and stuff. And it was, yeah. I, I ate borscht and like cabbage rolls and pierogies for the ah, first time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I, yeah, I definitely felt, felt pretty good there. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, I think because it was such a rich little Ukrainian community, I kind of was like, oh, am I Ukrainian? <laughs> <laughs> It's nice that they welcomed you guys so so warmly to do that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though I was like, "Oh, I'm different," it was it was still a positive experience because Mm -hmm. they were. It didn't feel like they were, you know, isolating us or targeting us specifically and or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So maybe uh, a positive experience, but a bit abrupt. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it was overall. At the end of the day, yeah, it was very positive. And I think what I struggled with the most rather than the whole move and everything, because I think I, I managed. Mm-hmm. I managed fine. I figured out how to, you know, play by myself. Yeah. I, mean, I, was, I was an only child anyway, so I kind of figured it out. But I think what 
I struggled the most with what struggled the most with, excuse me, was kind of welcoming, you know, my dad into my life, mm. which was, which was definitely, it was kind of like, oh, like I said earlier, you're there and I'm here. Cool. Now that you're here, what do I do? It's kind of like, I never imagined this person as someone of authority mm-hmm. or like a parental figure. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, dad, dad, dad. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, who are you? And you're expected to treat this person as another parent. And you're like, I don't know who you are. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's what I struggled with the most with. And I, and I think like... I think he probably struggled a little bit as well, mm-hmm. probably because obviously, like I was his first child. How is he was how is he supposed to figure out how to be a dad if he yeah. didn't have a child? So, yeah. and when I was like younger, probably like in my teens, I was probably like, Ugh, like, <laughs> why why doesn't he treat me well? But then I, growing up now, I'm like, oh, that's not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good to come to that realization. But is he Filipino as well, or is he Canadian? Oh yeah, he's Filipino. Okay. So yeah, where like both of my parents are from the Philippines, and while my mom and I were in the U.S., he came over to Canada and okay. basically kind of sponsored us to go into um, Canada. So yeah, mm, I see. And I, uh, sorry, I have to go back to the pierogi thing because my mom's side of the family oh, yeah, is very Ukrainian and Polish and <laughs> Czech. So every Christmas we have our Ukrainian Christmas and all this stuff. So I'm just thinking of all the food. I'm like, it's a pretty good community to be welcomed into. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. Yeah, we moved around. Like, yeah, we moved in December. And so it was like right around Christmas time. Oh, nice. And of course, it was freezing cold. Yeah. Oh, story. <laughs> yeah, please, please. Right when we first got picked up at the airport. Um, first of all, my dad was wearing one of those like furry beaver hats. Oh, so no. that was like, what the, what is that? <laughs> I was like, is that his hair? But then he took it off and it was his hair. <laughs> and then when we were driving away from the airport, um, there was a blizzard going on and we uh. drove into the ditch and <laughs> Welcome was, to Canada. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like it was really, I, it's just so funny. Cause it's like, so many, yeah, so many extremes. Like a, the fact that we drove into a ditch and we were like, uh, hello, we're in a ditch now. And some guy in a truck was like, hey, you guys okay? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we're good. And my mom was like, wow, this is what Canada's like. <laughs> this is a weird place. Where are we? Yeah, exactly. We're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Pretty much. Wow. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So you lived in what was the name of this this small town? Um, it's called Fisher Branch. Fisher Branch. So you were in yeah. Fisher Branch for how long? Um, less than a year. So we moved in December, and then the following summer, <laughs> we moved again. <laughs> yeah, we moved again, and this time my younger sister um was in my mom's tummy, and so I was really excited because I had been an only child for so long, mm-hmm. and my um. My dad got an opportunity to work in Strathmore. So that's uh, east of Calgary, I think, about half an hour. So we packed up. We had to say goodbye to Lily. It was really sad. I remember crying. (laughs) And we, we, yeah, we drove across Canada um, for three days because my mom was like nine months pregnant. It was like, oh, my gosh, she could (laughs) have burst any time on the road. It would have been quite the adventure. 
Oh, yeah. And yeah, I remember just stopping at multiple cities along the way across, you know, Saskatchewan and, and Alberta. And then when we finally got to Strathmore, after we unpacked everything, my mom gave birth the very next day. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So we're... I, I mean, I don't remember it being as, like, intense. Probably because I was like, oh, like, moving again, whatever. So, my life sucks. But then, like, my <laughs> sister was, was born. <laughs> and, like, yeah, the next day that we that we arrived. So that was, that was really exciting. <laughs> That's very lucky as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I remember in all of our photos, because we always, like, stop and, like, take photos literally everywhere mm -hmm. we go. My mom's just like super pregnant with her baby, with her baby, with her baby, my sister. <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, that was really exciting. So uh, when we finally got to Alberta, that's when my sister was born. <laughs> so was it, were, were you scared to move again? Like, oh, I have to do the new school thing. I have to do that. Or were you just like, okay, like we're going. I think, I think I was fine with it by then because I think we... I kind of felt like, even though it was never said, I think I felt like I was, we weren't supposed to stay in Fisher Branch. Like I knew mm -hmm. somewhere in the, in the air that we were, <laughs> oh, this isn't where we were going to settle and stay forever. Especially because, um, like my mom didn't have work at the time and like, yeah, it just didn't feel permanent. So I mm -hmm. think it was okay that for me that we moved at the time. That's nice. Yeah, I think I kind of was like a little worn down from, you know, the the cultural whiplash. So I was like, yeah. whatever, it's time to move again, I guess. And it's nice that the prairies in Canada just kind of stretch across the globe. So it's like, eh, it's the same culture for three yeah. provinces anyway. So. Exactly. Yeah, it didn't feel too different. <laughs> <laughs> so you were about 10 years old then, 9, 10 when you moved out? Yeah. Uh yeah, so I would have been in grade four or five, um, in in Al when I when we first moved to Alberta, and I think it was it was a radical change as well because of course, like I said, my sister was born and mm -hmm. I had to figure out how to be a sister now. Yeah, <laughs> so you were first dealing with suddenly having your father with you, and now you have a sibling with you. Yeah, exactly. And so again, lots of change, lots of. Lots of, you know, cold, harsh realities of not being an only, the only child anymore, only, you know, with their mom out in the world. <laughs> but now there's two other people that I have to basically share my life with mm -hmm. that I was not expecting. <laughs> and how did that change your lifestyle? Like as a kid in Chicago, what hobbies and things like that did you have? And did you carry them to the different cities? I Yeah, I think when I was younger, I mean, we played, a, I played outside a lot and I remember, you know, you know, doing typical things that like kids would do, like, you know, play pretend and play with dolls and stuff. And <laughs> I actually remember one time when my sister was oh, just a little bit older and she was like playing with the Barbies that I had like given down to her, like my precious, my precious Barbies. <laughs> and I was like, we should like one day I was like, hey, we should play Barbies together. And then she was like, I don't like Barbies. And I was like, then give them back. Oh. <laughs> I was like, excuse me and so I yeah I think I remember again as an even younger child I was like man I can't wait to have a sibling so that I have someone to play board games with because <laughs> I would play like Candyland by myself and like, and like 
like card games by myself but like yeah when i heard that my sister was coming i was like sweet someone to play board games with <laughs> as a literal infant and then yeah but um so so yeah my my life my lifestyle i think like doing things as kids as a kid i did a lot of things alone anyways so mm-hmm. like riding my bike was i was fine doing that and and like we lived on kind of like a farm we were like 10 kilometers outside of actual strathmore so we were still in the middle of nowhere and so yeah like riding my bike you know making forts with the snow and and all of that it it didn't really change and i i think i just kind of grown to accept that i was just on my own for a while Mm. (laughs) that's all right yeah from there your family has moved twice that you remember yeah twice that i remember and did you guys settle there were you expecting to settle there um i i think it felt like we were supposed to because my mom was working at the time mm-hmm. in calgary at the peter lawhead hospital and so i mean it and we were there for two years already so it didn't feel like we were i wasn't in, in any rush to mm-hmm. you know get out of there but then my mom got a job opportunity in St. Albert and then and then we were packing again. <laughs> oh my goodness. And although I, I know you because you've lived here long enough yeah. to get to university here. So that oh, was yeah. obviously much more permanent. Oh yes, yeah. That's <laughs> a way more permanent. Yeah. Especially I mean, when we first moved to St. Albert, we were still renting a house. So mm-hmm. but I think I it's kind of funny. I remember making a mess of my room or like in the house that we first rented or like losing something in there. And my, my mentality was like, Oh, it's okay. I'll find it when we pack up and move again. Oh no. <laughs> but, um, but yes, we, when we moved to St. Albert, we were renting and then we finally, we finally bought a house and that's obviously where we still live to this day. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> here we are. Yay. <laughs> well, speaking of like stuff and finding stuff, do you find that you're less materialistic because you've had to move so much and you're like, eh, whatever. Or is it like, these are my things. I must hold on to them forever. Actually, yeah, I think I'm more of the second, you know, trope because I'll be like, oh, this was the thing I had when we were living in this house or or whatever. Yeah. And like, I remember Lily, the old Ukrainian grandmother, she gave me a, like a porcelain doll and it was really creepy. And (laughs) I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to do with it, but I had kept it for a really long time just because that was like the first gift that I had gotten in Canada from mm-hmm. somebody. So that was really, I don't, to be honest, I don't know where it is now. Oh no. But I remember When you keeping, move again, you'll find it. Exactly. When I, when I move <laughs> again, I'll find it and that's fine with me. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> so I was thinking we could jump back to the mental health aspect of it. Of course. Yep. So you've, Moved to all these places. And now by the time you're in St. Albert, you are, I, I just kind of want to say more fully formed. As yeah, a grade being. six, I think. Yeah, sixth grade. Yeah, was that, um, were you noticing more and more about how physical health, mental health, all of these are different parts of you? Mm-hmm. I think one of the first things I noticed, especially at, in grade six, oh, sorry. No problem. <laughs> um, you're popular. It, Go girl. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, let me let me do not disturb. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I think 
uh yeah one of the first things that i noticed um when i was younger this is all things that i've thought about like very recently Mm -hmm. like this this isn't like when i was 12 i realized (laughs) that the world was bigger than it seemed but it's all like now that like in university when i'm like why is my life why am i so sad and i think back oh i can like pinpoint different things that happen Mm -hmm. and so yeah the first thing that i noticed was i think i kind of was more of a like a wallflower back then kind of like you know going from friend group to friend group it was kind of difficult for me to find like one or two best friends that I could you know get to know and even in Strathmore in grade four and five it was like that too because I was like oh I don't know how long I'm gonna stay here it's it it was a little it was easy for me to make friends but not easy to you know feel like I could stick around long enough if that yeah. makes sense well, yeah easy enough to make like a surface level friendship but to actually get down and like yeah to root into the ground you're kind of like yeah it's not really worth it exactly yeah and I don't even think that like back then I was like it's not worth it to make friends it was just kind of the mentality that I just had for a while of like mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even realize that I was kind of self-sabotaging my own relationships. (laughs) Yeah, and as a kid, like, you're definitely not thinking that. Oh, yeah, definitely not. But, yeah, now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? (laughs) That should have been a good friendship. (laughs) Uh, Have you reached out to them on your AOL account? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, done, like, uh, Yahoo voice chats and stuff. I guess nowadays it's a little easier. (laughs) (laughs) So... You weren't having like an overtly bad time then as a kid moving, but was your family ever like worried or cognizant of the fact that that could happen? Maybe you should talk about it or anything like that? I think, um, not, not really. I don't think so. Just cause, um, I mean, me right now, I think I wouldn't have wanted them to worry about it. Or if they did, I'd been like, nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And because like I had a younger sibling at the time, I was kind of like, you know, stepping back a little bit from the the spotlight, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) But, um, yeah, like in the Filipino, excuse me, in the Filipino culture, like the older siblings and family members are all, it's all trickle down to take care of the youngest. And so in Chicago, I was the youngest out of my cousins that I would hang out with. So mm-hmm. I was used to like, you know, being the baby and like getting everything I want <laughs> and all of that. But then now I have this child, this baby, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I don't know how to be an older sister. I don't know like what to do. And it's kind of just an ex- expectation in the culture to just like pick it up right away and be like, I am going to take care of you. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know do that, man. <laughs> I don't know who you are. You I don't were, know who that guy is. You're very suddenly a middle child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> forgotten middle child. I'm a middle child too, so I can say that. <laughs> yeah. We're secretly the best ones. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I think even now like like she's still I mean obviously we're like 9 nine and a half years apart and now I'm still like how do I be an older sister? Mm. How do I <laughs> how do I like you know not be too much of a parent towards her, which yeah. can kind of be difficult because 
obviously, like, <laughs> I always feel bad because I sound like such a, like a, like a boomer when I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't have this and that or blah, 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 blah. But you and are like, 10 years apart. So like, there is a big difference between what you would have yeah. I mean, it's essentially, yeah, a whole generation of like, of, I mean, I see what she, like her and her friends are doing these days and I'm like, oh my goodness. That's so cool. Do I they wish all I could have do that. Visco and TikTok? Because man, I cannot figure Visco out for the life of me. Yeah, my sister got me into TikTok, and ah. I'm not—I'm not ashamed to say it because I do have a good time on there. It's they're fun <laughs> to watch, but man, I just can't be bothered to turn up my volume half the time. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, in terms of of like mental health, with you know dealing with how to be old an older sister, I felt. Like, I was probably pretty distant back then. Mm-hmm. I was probably, like, you know, trying to figure out my own stuff. <laughs> and, like, you know, you're 12 and angry with everyone. It's, yeah. like, you, you can't help it at that age. I was the most angsty 11-year-old ever, so. Oh, I yeah. That. I got into a fight with my mom about Frosted Flakes once. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a great time to be alive. 11 and 12 yeah. is the years. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, the prime puberty age... I feel like it'd be a little easier if we were like closer in age probably Mm -hmm. but I mean what can you do (laughs) yeah yeah for sure as long as you love each other yeah I find it really funny that you say you were a wallflower when you were younger because I know you university age and (laughs) now going because we both went to school together I know a bunch of people you went to high school with Oh, yes. And I've seen the video of your high school musical. And like you are performing and even stories from high school. You've always been a apparently happy, very talkative person, even though I didn't know you back oh, then. No. But yeah. <laughs> did, did you notice yourself changing as you got to the high school years? Yeah, I think it, it's kind of like a wave that kind of happened. So, yeah, in like elementary school, first moving to St. Albert, you know, grade six, seven. It was kind of yeah difficult. I was probably at a little bit of a lower point trying to figure out, like, oh, are we staying here or what's what's the dealio? Mm-hmm. And then once I probably realized, okay, yeah, we're probably gonna be here for a while. That's kind of when, you know, I started to open up more. You know, my closest friends that I still talk to that are like my best friends. That's when I, you know, became friends with them. That's when I kind of started, you know, getting into music mm-hmm. and and playing guitar and singing a lot. So. I think that definitely, you know, helped. That was like a channel or something like my own thing that I could kind of do, you know. And um and yeah, I, I guess around like junior high, early high school, I was probably, you know, pretty uppity, pretty out there, pretty <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> and I think I mean People say like, oh, don't say that high school is your prime. But I'm like, maybe high school was my prime. High school's fun, man. It can be really Yeah, I had fun. a great time in high school. Yeah, I had a great time. And yeah, I met lots of people that I go to uni- like I went to university with now and and it all come came back full circle in the end, really. Yeah. <laughs> was it nice yeah. to have like all of the art stuff um as your own, I guess? Like is your family musical and or is that your like your thing? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think so. I know that my parents, like, we would sing in the choirs a lot in, like, churches and stuff. But, I mean, I actually didn't start taking lessons until, yeah, yeah, again, like, junior high, grade seven, eight, nine, that kind of age. That's when I started taking, like, singing lessons or piano lessons. Yeah, so, yeah, grade seven, 
grade eight, nine, that's when I started playing music. And that was kind of like my, yeah, my own thing. And, um, and I, you know, started out with playing in like the church bands with all of the other youth kids that were there. And that was lots of fun because that was like another community of Filipino people Mm -hmm. in Edmonton. And so that was like nice. I was like, "Woo! There's more. There's more of us! Yeah. Yay!" And just and to feel really comfortable exciting. and not be the one person of color in a room full of yeah, white kids. Exactly. And and like, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I grew up in like. I mean, I would say I grew up mostly in Saint Albert. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm I'm kind of used to it. But, <laughs> but yeah, like that was the one community mm-hmm. that I had that would be like, oh. um, yeah, you're Filipino, your parents are like this, blah, blah, blah. And even like growing up as a church kid, like, oh, you're also a church kid? Because they're, they're, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of there, mm-hmm. kind of separated. So, which is kind of bad, but I mean, whatever, eh, whatever. <laughs> well, having a community like that who gets you on, maybe not a personal level, but just a fundamental level of beliefs or ways of doing things is so oh, important. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think in the periods of like grade three to five when we were moving around a lot, mm-hmm. I didn't really have like you know, like a church group or like a youth group or anything like that, and like a Filipino community. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like in Chicago, I had that both of those things, and then finally when we got to Edmonton, it kind of came around no. again, and I had that community again, which was really nice. But then, <laughs> but then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was no. like, where is this going? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but I mean, that it was kind of a shame because that community kind of fizzled out as we all got a little older. Mm. So I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Just That's have, fine. Have to start your own. Just start, yeah, exactly. start the cult of Hazel. Yeah, my, my own found family, which is, which is good. <laughs> was it scary to finally feel that sense of connection again? Yeah, I think so. It, I, I think with them, it was a little easier to kind of, I would say that they were probably like my closer friends back then, because mm-hmm. even in like school, it was still kind of difficult for me to, you know, find my footing and in, in my group of friends, especially since a lot of them came from the same elementary schools yeah. that were like, oh, we are still friends from, from there and there and there. And I'm like, but I'm here. I'm ready. Yeah, when you're <laughs> the new person, friend. you're like, let me join you. Yeah, I'm just like watching from the side, like, hello? <laughs> knock, 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 hello? <laughs> well, I was really surprised when I moved here um, because I came from Saskatchewan and I was expecting to come to this college town where everybody's new and everybody's meeting each other. And, you know, we're all mm-hmm. young adults, we're all doing our thing. But then I come here and everybody, oh, yeah. everybody has known each other since kindergarten. And I'm like, what (laughs) yeah yeah I can imagine in like university it'd be very shocking as Mm -hmm. well yeah yeah so no I totally get that although I mean Saskatchewan to Alberta isn't as big a change anyway but I yeah I thought people would have been more not necessarily that they weren't open to me as a newcomer but I would have thought there would be more of us to create our Mm -hmm. own thing but instead I've had to integrate into other people's things Yes. Yep. I, yeah, I can relate to that. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice though, when they forget that you're the new person and you're like, haha, you think I've been here forever. I haven't yeah, been. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely, I know that my friends would be like, Oh, do you remember this person? And I'm like, sorry, wasn't there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that you're older and you're able to look back at all of these things that you've 
experienced, how did you cope with the knowledge that, oh, this moving caused this or this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think even in my first like one or two years of university, I was still kind of in that like that, that, uh, you know, post high school glow. Oh, like, yeah. wow, the world is there it's and I'm here. Yeah, I'm in university, I'm educated, blah, da, da, da. And then in the in my third year, it kind of went, <laughs> oh, no. Don't forget, remember all of this and all of that and all of this and all of that. And I think, yeah, in my third year of university, that's kind of when it kind of hit me the hardest of the, you know, the wake up call and the realization, like, Oh, you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not as good as you think you are. Or not as good, more, more like not as, you know, grounded mm -hmm. or as well as you think you are. And I think I was in a d denial for a really long time. Like, I think, um, again, when I think back to it, I think when I first started, you know, experiencing issues with my mental health, it was probably in high school when I thought everything was, you know, glowy and yeah. <laughs> and my friends are the best. We're, and I'm friends with 12 people and they're <laughs> all going to be my best friends forever. And, and yeah, like, I remember when I was 16, that was probably the first time that I reached out to my family being like, this is how I feel. Help, help. And it was, I, I would assume that a lot of people that are, you know, people of color or, a first or second generation immigrants can relate where it's like, Hey, your, your parents will be like, Hey, we sacrificed all of this for you. It's think about how your life is, you know, back in, back in our home country, you should be grateful. All of these kind of guilt trippy, you know, sayings. And that kind of tore me down when I was younger, mm -hmm. when I was, you know, first, you know, experiencing any feelings of negativity or, or, you know, mental health issues. And I think that kind of, you know, suppressed it for a while, obviously suppressed it for what, like, I don't know, five years. And then all of a sudden, I'm meeting, you know, these people in university, of course, that are like, no, yeah, depression is real, anxiety is real, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm like, oh, real mm -hmm. it's real and now I can think back because I'd be like why then I I'm not always you know this depressed or I'm not like that that's not like me that's not who I am yeah. then I realized that because I've suppressed it for so long it's kind of like a bubbling volcano just waiting to explode especially when you get good <laughs> at suppressing it exactly yeah you you just suppress it for so long that you forget that it's even real mm -hmm. that it's even like you know a possibility it's like when you talk to your friends and they have issues with you know whatever they're going through and you're like oh that sucks and you're like that could never happen to me mm -hmm. that's not something that I could do ha 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 but it's just like it's kind of like that I don't know how to describe it I don't know who it is but it's that meme of that guy <laughs> Who was like running up and he's like about to attack this person? Oh, I don't know. That's but anyway, Jason Momoa running that's towards Jason Momoa. Henry Cavill. Yeah, and he's like, Rrr. that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what happened. And I was like, knocked to the ground, prone and and naked and scared. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh no, what's going on? And yeah, I think because it was kind of knocked down from a young age, I was really struggling coming to struggling with coming to terms 
with accepting that, you know, it has, my life has affected me in this way. And it wasn't always Mm -hmm. shiny and glowy and positive all the time. Yeah. Did you, coming to university, hearing other people talk about their experiences with mental health, um, hearing people who haven't been through as much as you have in your life, like, oh, if someone with a stable life can be like this, I'm allowed to as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think I kind of, you know, convinced myself for a while that I did have a stable life. Mm. And and I was like, on the other side, being like, oh, like, and for a while, the argument was kind of like, oh, your life is great. You have all of these gifts mm-hmm. and all of these privileges, or you're living in, you know, in North America and all of that. You should be happy. You should have everything that you want. And I think the guilt of feeling like I wasn't thankful or, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt super guilty for a long time. And, and yeah, that's kind of what made me, you know, scared to admit that I did, you know, suffer from like depression Yeah, because, you know, I didn't want to feel guilty, which kind of, it's kind of like, I don't want to feel guilty, but then I feel guilty and I don't want to feel guilty. And you're just like pushing it down and down and down and down, which uh, ultimately doesn't work. (laughs) I think it's hard for, um, who's like, yeah, I have a counselor that I talk to for all of my stuff as well. And one of the the most mind opening things that she ever told me was self-awareness feels like a curse, but it really is a blessing because then you can fix all the things that are wrong with your life. Mm-hmm. But however, when you first start to realize all of these things are happening, you're like, oh my God. And some people just aren't as aware and that's fine. That's just who they are. But I feel you're a very self-aware person as well. So <laughs> yeah, all just came I crashing think I was, down. Yeah, I think I got too self-aware that I was like overwhelmed and then that was that was awful, but I mean, it's great now. Yeah. I'm like, now I can, now I can say, ha ha, when I see the memes and say, oh, ha, me too. <laughs> and I'm, now I'm not scared too much. Like, I'm not as scared anymore because, you know, there's, I, like the support that I've gotten over the years is, is really eye opening to the point where I have been able to talk to my mom again mm-hmm. and kind of, you we were taking little baby steps, yeah. baby steps to uh you know understand you know what to do what what's actually what's going on mm-hmm. and, and stuff so lots, lots of things have changed it's <laughs> really good to hear and your parents mm-hmm. and family they understand then that um like you're thankful for what you have with the sacrifices they made but that doesn't change that things could have been hard for you as well exactly yeah and i think that's something that i i myself had to you know come to terms with uh, with like yeah, we, I did have a good life. I, you know, my parents helped me all the way through university, get to university and stuff. And they provided for me, obviously, all, all through my life. And they, you know, sacrificed everything. And I'm, I'm super thankful for all of those things. But yeah, being able to say, even though it was, I'm thankful, I was still hurting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. That that was really difficult, especially with kind of the guilt tripping that I had to go through or the, uh, you know, ne- uh, the dismissiveness of, you know, my emotions and everything. Mm-hmm. So, Would you want to talk at all about how your faith helped you as a church kid? 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've, yeah, I grew up in the church, you know, all my, my whole life. I, my family went to church. I went to, um, after school, like Awana, they're called Awana camps, okay. which is basically like a bunch of kids, like the church kids go and like play games. And it was like summer church camp, but like every week, which was pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, like I grew up, it's always been a part of my life and like music started out in the church for me. Like I took, my parents put me in lessons so that I could play in the band and that kind of, you know, obviously affected my path in Mm -hmm. life to pursue um, music in university. And even back then I was considering taking like, like going to school to become like a worship leader or something like that or a worship pastor. Um, But, um, when I was younger, and especially in high school and university, I struggled a lot with, you know, not everyone is going to think like that. Not everyone has the same beliefs as you. And obviously, growing up in a community with in Chicago and in Edmonton, where everyone, all of your friends are all believers and their parents are also believers, it's it was definitely a little difficult for me to kind of embrace that side of me because everybody else wasn't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, not everyone was on the same page. And it's a little different from like, you know, the color of your skin being like, Hey, you're Filipino. Sweet. I can see that. Mm -hmm. But you never know the guy next to you could be the same, but they could not be the same. You never know. It's kind of scary. Yeah. They could be a (laughs) pastafarian and worship the flying spaghetti monster. And you'd never know. Yeah, exactly. You never know. You'd be like, hey, so you see that thing? You read that thing Jesus did? And they're like, no, nah, man, I don't believe in Jesus. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that was a, a struggle for me because. And and I feel so guilty. I like have a this like guilt in my mind of like not being good enough as as, you know, to my parents or like in the church or anything like that, because it's those feelings of doubt. And like, you know, oh, I I don't know, like, am I good enough, you know, to be consider myself a Christian? And then I like meet people that are, you know, really passionate about the church. And I'm like, ah, I'm not like that at all. I feel so bad. But I will say that, you know, yeah, throughout my whole life, I, I have prayed before being like, please help me. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And um. I realized that when I, a couple, I, I kind of got back into reading the Bible because I hadn't been really studying it that much, especially because I didn't grow up with, you know, a Bible study, really. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, you know, we're church kids and we hang out. That's kind of what we did. But now I'm kind of going back and studying them, the, the you know, the word a little bit and I'm realizing a lot of things that that could have helped me a long time ago. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I know that it's kind of difficult, you know, to it's it, yeah, it's weird still for me to kind of talk about it freely because I'm kind of scared mm. <laughs> of, of just like of it, even though it's been a whole part of my life and I'm still like pretty involved in the church that my family goes to now. But it's this weird balance of, you know, being scared to talk about it and, you know, embracing it fully. So that's something that I've been kind of struggling with a little bit. Yeah, it's 
it's definitely another part of your life to find your place in, I suppose, like, especially with mental health, you're like, well, where am I? What do I think about my own life? And then when it comes to your faith, you might, or anybody thinking about their faith, they need to know exactly where they fit into it. And you might believe the same mm-hmm. things, but we all think differently. We all act differently. And you need to find like where your space actually is. So that mm-hmm. makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, yeah, I think it's, it's like one step at a time. I, I figured out, okay, yeah, I got, I got that mental health issue stuff cool I got I got that then moving around business all right (laughs) and and then and then this part of my life that has been constant I'm like oh oh, I don't know (laughs) and it yeah I'm definitely still working through it but I mean I I feel I feel more at peace with it I feel like I'm you know embracing Mm -hmm. it more and I'm trying not to, I think I'm just scared of, you know, doing the wrong thing. But I mean, you, you never yeah. know unless, unless you do it. <laughs> I feel like such an adult until I have to do something like that. And somebody's like, yeah, think about this thing in your own life. And I'm like, oh God, I can't do that. Like, Where's yeah, my mom? Mom, yeah. tell me what to do. Yeah. It's like my mom still books my appointments for me. <laughs> So moving forward in your life, what are you going to be taking from all of this experience you've had? And who are you going to try to be based off of that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I saw that too. There was a fly that went by everybody. (laughs) Um, Going forward, I think, um, I think the biggest thing that I've come to terms with is, you know, yeah, accepting that I am you know, the way that I am. (laughs) I, I, my family's culture is a huge part of my life in that I've, you know, recently I've looked into, you know, the traditional script of, you know, the Philippines and, and I'm researching more about, you know, the colonialization of the Philippines and, and I'm trying to identify myself more with, you know, what, what our culture and our country used to be. And I mean, I've only scratched just the basic <laughs> surface of it, but like, it's even just finding a community online of other people that are, you know, trying to reconnect with their roots is really empowering for me. And that's really helped me a lot with, you know, identifying, like finding my identity, <laughs> finding my identity and, you know, trying to find who I am and something that I can kind of hold on to. Because for a while it was like, I'm Filipino, kind of, <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> and, and yeah, with, with mental health, yeah, just being able to not be so scared or ashamed of it anymore, I think mm-hmm. is, is what I've definitely, you know, had to work through, but coming to terms with who I am and what my situation is has helped me help a lot of my other friends that are, you know, going through a similar thing of like, you know, denial or, or guilt or anything like that. It's, it's helped me help them mm-hmm. to, um, you know, better their lives, hopefully, which I hope to repay, you know, my friends that helped me in my life, <laughs> you That's know, so they helped me. <laughs> yeah. They, that my friends, 
in university helped me, you know, come to terms with my depression. And now that I'm like, not well by any means, now that I'm like, oh, okay, I'm that's I'm okay with it now. I can then turn to my friends and say, hey, let me help you as well. Yeah, so. I'd like to add to that because like we did the same music program. And I think that a lot of people that we go to school with, a lot of our friends from the program, we find it very... I think we're very lucky to have found each other in that space because when you meet people mm -hmm. in other spaces, you're, you are just kind of stuck talking about normal small talk things. But when you're in an arts program and you're forced to be creative together and make mistakes together, it does create a lot more of that community. Hopefully you're with yeah. the right people for it. <laughs> you don't like every oh, yes. band you put in, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it makes you more vulnerable mm -hmm. in, in more ways than just, you know, musically. It's because music, I I would imagine for a lot of the people that we went to school with is a very like personal and like inner thing that we've all like, oh, I really like, you know, my mu music is my passion. But then you go to university and everyone's yeah. passion is music and you're like, ah, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not special anymore, but also that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh, so now it's cool to be in band class? <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very, yeah, I think, yeah, university was definitely a big turning point. And, you know, meeting new people from not just, you know, St. Albert or the people that I went to high school with was like, a you know, a breath of fresh mm -hmm. air, a new perspective. And, yeah, I'm very thankful for how things ended yeah, up. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any advice for anybody else who might be going through the same things that we just talked about? Mm -hmm. Any advice? I think if, yeah, if I, if there's anyone, sorry, <laughs> if there's anyone that was, that is around like 16, 17, 18, that kind of age where they want to talk to their parents, you know, about their mental health, especially if they're, you know, from a, they're from a, you know, an immigrant family, excuse me. Um, I think, I think just knowing that it's not, the guilt is more powerful, obviously, than, you know, anything else. It's, for me, it was the, the guilt of ever thinking like, oh, I'm not thankful or I'm not this or I'm not that. It's kind of being aware that they're, they're separate. Mm -hmm. It's, you can feel thankful but still, you know, have these feelings, these mental issues, these mental health issues that are not necessarily your fault at all. And I think that was something that I heard what, once <laughs> and that definitely changed my perspective on how I view, you know, my life and my family and realizing that, yeah, it's not, it's not always your fault or it's not always because of something that you did or didn't yeah. do. Does that yeah, make, like you're, you're that still a whole person, even if you yeah, have Yeah, you're problems. still, exactly. And and if there's any other, you know, first or second generation immigrant families out there, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's real, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I'm still obviously going, like working through like, so, you know, my life or whatever. I mean, I'm only like, what, 23? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, when I, I feel so old and I'm 22, so I'm like, more. oh my God. 
<laughs> yeah i mean like i still have like what so much life left and i'm like or i hope so oh my goodness <laughs> i was gonna say we both have 80 years okay let's get to the hundreds yeah yeah we're only a quarter of the way through and i'm like it, this is another thing that i was like oh man i'm only a quarter of the way through and like oh this has happened already <laughs> but i mean it it it's all it's all hills and now now that I can be like, oh, you know, at least I have a label to mm. it now instead of like, I'm sad. I'm sad and angry and I don't know why. <laughs> We're not angsty 12 year olds anymore. <laughs> exactly. Now I'm a depressed 20 year old. So that's Even great. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a depressed 20 year old with a degree. So. Yeah, exactly. I got a piece of paper. Come at me, <laughs> world. I'm ready. Music degree. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome well thank you so so much for joining me yes yeah, so thank you for oh thank you for having me wonderful again i say thank you again ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome it was so good to see you again it's been like a year and a half so uh, i know it's it's been so long i feel again i feel like oh, i'm so isolated in my my square bubble <laughs> <laughs> well eventually we'll get the we'll, we'll get the covid vaccine and We'll start having oh, yeah. the, the reunions and everything. Yeah, the reunion barbecues. Yeah. <laughs> so until I see you then, take care. Thank you so <laughs> take much. Take care. And that was Hazel Kavita, everybody. This is Natter, the Zillennial podcast. Thank you for tuning in.